and welcome to the belated episode 004 of the T-Better's Bulletin Podcast for DT Talk. As usual, I'm your host, T-Better, coach of T-Better Than You, and this week we're joined by some very special guests. First up, I'll introduce you to the famous Mong. You can catch him on Twitter at Robbie the Mong. How are you, mate? I'm pretty good, thanks. Don't give me a follow. I don't say anything useful <laughs> on Twitter. <laughs> you want to talk... use it to follow people like T-Better, to be honest. But If you want to talk some trash... This is the guy I told He loves a bet, this one. Uh, what's your credentials in Dream Team, mate? Well, I guess um, the main thing would be the fact that I introduced T-Better to the DT Talk website, so I'd say that's quite a claim to fame. Otherwise, we wouldn't have all this great information that he's been pumping out in the form of these articles and podcasts that we've had over the last couple of years. So everyone can thank me for introducing T-Better to the website. Thanks, mate. I now have no life and I currently just do Dream Team all the time. <laughs> we're, also, we're also joined by um, a very special person in my life, Shawnee T. How are you? Good, thanks, T. Better. Thanks for having me. No worries. Are you excited to be on the podcast? Oh, yeah. Um, lifelong dream to be on my um, older brother's podcast. It's good yeah. to tick that one off. It's a new landscape. Very excited to be here. All right. What's your uh, claim to fame or your credentials for those listening? Well, I'd like to have a big, long, extensive list like Robbie the Mong here, but... Mm-hmm. Um, She's pretty short and sweet, the old credentials. Finished top 200 a couple of years ago when we had to save the trades. Got lucky and managed to scrape in towards the end of the year. It's Don't forget that you were a club lure champion two years ago. Well, it's yeah, a that's very a prestigious title. Of our draft league. All right, guys, it's uh, only five days before everything kicks off. Actually, less than five days now before the first lockout. So I reckon let's just get straight into the big five talking points on the agenda before round one. One, 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 one. Okay, first things first. Let's talk about the locks in our teams. We're talking real dream team here, by the way. We'll get into AFL Fantasy a little bit later. But across all three of our teams, we have a few players, a lot of premiums, all in the same teams. And I'll just rattle them off here in defence. We've got Jared McVeigh, Sam Mitchell, Matt Suckling, and David Swallow. There's four, Mong. What's going on? It's very cookie-cutter, but, I mean, if you look at anyone's teams around, around the interweb or on Twitter, you'll see that um, everyone's got... Definitely McVay, Mitchell and Suckling. Swallow's a little bit less of a of a hundred percent lock, but I think you just go safety when it comes to the back line. You just I hate it, it's too difficult. There's no point trying to get tricky with it and you just yeah, go with the safe options. So we me and you have two premiums and two mid prices obviously, but Sean you've got a third premium, don't you? Yeah, picked up Kay Simpson. Found myself with a little bit more money just from other areas and Decided to upgrade um, one of my rookie spots in the back line to Cade Simpson, mainly just because he lost a couple of what we thought were going to be reliable rookies in Fuller and Laidler. Yeah, so well, obviously if, at McVeigh and Mitchell and Cade Simpson, if you had to pick two, you'd pick the, the two bigger logs, wouldn't you? Yeah, if I needed money somewhere else, um, Cade Simpson, yeah, he'd, be, he'd probably go for me. Okay, next up we've got the midfielders. We've all got Swan, Rockliffe and Beams in our side. Um, I think Rocky and Beams are pretty com- like definitely Beams, and if you listen to anything on DT Talk, Rocky's obviously in there as well. I think Roy Roy's a big fan. On the, I don't know, maybe I've heard <laughs> few, few rumors. Few, few rumors, yeah. <laughs> definitely um, the only one there that might have been, especially at the start of the preseason, Swanee. I was definitely looking towards more having none of the three big dogs of Swan, Ablett, and Johnson. But after listening to Hook. The great man on the podcast a couple of weeks ago was he better. Um, he convinced me how silly it was to be considering having guys like Murphy, Koch and Watson, the underpriced primos, as my only options at, at the top end of the midfield. I think you really do need to have at least one, if not two, of um, Swan, Ablett and, and Johnson in there. Yeah, what about the Rucks? 
Um, so we've all got Sandy in that R2 spot at the moment. Our Ooh. R1s are, are different. I think I might have the same as Sean, but anyone who's seen any of the preseason, you know, Sandy's a lock. I saw him the other day in person and, yeah, pretty, pretty big, Sandy. He's quite a large man, Sandy. He's getting 40 hit-outs a game or something over the preseason. On Cox, mind you. Yeah, Cox is not a bit of a scrubber. What about the forward, Sean? Ah, in the forward line, um, we've all got in common Dangerfield, Dustin Martin and Josh Caddy. Yeah, interesting. Dangerfield and Martin, they're two guys that I'm not 100% keen on. And, you know, if, if there were more options, I might look elsewhere. But I think the safety of them two being in the top seven averaging forwards is, is too hard to ignore. So, you know, I'll take both of them. But Josh Caddy is the interesting one. We've all got the same mid-pricer. Are you going to have locked him in all pre-season? Yeah, pretty much. Um, you know, he's shown brilliant pre-season form in all of his matches and take a pretty um, horrid injury to get him out of my team at this stage. I mean, I think the way things are structured this year in the forward line especially, there's just literally no really solid rookie options that you can even consider starting on your field. So you've got to have mid-prices in there. Everyone's going to have at least two, if not three. I mean, we've even considered four when we've talked about it. Mid-price options in that in that forward line, and I think Caddy has to be top of the list in terms of he ticks all the boxes in that he plays for a good team. He um, is going to get more time in the midfield. He's had, great, he's had a great preseason. To be honest, I'm not expecting him to explode, and he's probably not going to replicate the scores that he's had during the preseason, but I think if he can average around that 85 mark, which... I think we can all expect him to do. Exactly. And when he's priced around 63, the risk factor is very, very low with Caddy. Two, 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 two. The second point we have here is the uh, multi-buy rounds, which has become the norm in Dream Team these days. The biggest talking point seems to be the Round 8 midfield premiums. Just to name a few of the players that will be missing in Round 8 from our midfields, uh, Swan, Pendlebury, Beams, Ablett, Cochin and Joel Selwood. Jeez. How would you structure that, T-Better? Look, this has been a massive focus area for me, and it's one thing that I've made sacrifices to my team around it. I originally had uh, Swan, Beams and Cochin. Cochin's had a massive preseason, and I do think he's underpriced, but I've had to say, you know, I can't hurt my team in round eight, so I've had to change that to a round nine or round ten primo. So at the moment, I'm structured up with a 2-2-1 two, two, over the three multi-buy rounds. What about you, Mon? Yeah, I've got um sim- similar problem. I really wanted to have Cochin in my team, but couldn't fit him in there. I've got a 2-1-2 um, two, two structure with, yeah... Swan, Deems, Rockcliffe, Watson and Thomas. And Sean, I noticed that uh, you're rolling with a bit of a 3-1-1 structure there. What do you have to say for yourself? Well, it's actually looking better than what it first was. When I, when I first made my team, you know, without even considering the buys as you do, I'm pretty sure I had four of those guys. Might have had Cotchin in there as well. But yeah, at the moment in my team, I have yeah, Swan, Beams and Ablett. Which one of them are you going to drop off or are you going to stick with the three primos? I think I'm going to have to drop one of them off. It's too hard to ignore Beam, so he's he's staying. And I, I just think I just think Swan. He's proven over the years that he's the, he's the best option. And Ablett may have to suffer, but um, I will be definitely looking looking to get Ablett in after that round eight buy. That's for sure. But I guess Bert, got burnt by him last year. Absolutely. I guess the the good thing about that is. Ablett has been listed with a calf injury and a test in round one. So, look, if you want to convince yourself <laughs> along that sort of path that it's a good good way to drop him off, then that's nice. I need some sort of excuse because I feel a bit feel a bit dirty with if Ablett's not going to be in my team. So, yeah. That's it. Three, 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 three. Our third talking point is about midfield rookies and their prices. So, obviously, we've got to divide between guys that are priced at a higher range, over 200000 like Dom Tyson, Jack Martin, Viv Mitchie, and guys that are in the lower price range like 
Jared Pollock, Xavier Ellis and Luke Dunstan and having a balance of these guys whether or not we can afford to just take the cheaper guys and then use the cash to spend elsewhere in our forward and, and back line to allow us to have more mid prices in those areas rather than have to rely on rookie pipe players in those lines that are clearly not going to be as reliable as these midfield guys. Look, I think it all comes down to who's named round one. If we get a lot of defender rookies and forward rookies, you know, guys like you know, we want Kennedy Harris to be named, but is someone like Lincoln McCarthy going to be named in the forward line? Honeychurch, where's he at? Uh, same in the back line. Tom Clure is one of the guys. Um, Alexis Giorgio. If these guys are named, then we can safely say, yep, yeah, that's fine. We can play an extra defender or forward rookie in those lines, and we can feel pretty comfortable about it. If not, then that's when things start to get a little bit hairy. You don't want to play too many rookies on the forward line and back line when they're not going to score you that well. So you might have to add an extra you know, mid-price you're in. So obviously we've already got a couple in the back line, Suffling and Swallow. But in the forward lines where it gets interesting and it's probably where you can start to upgrade, got guys like Josh Caddy, which we've already got in our teams, but you can add in guys like Jack Darling, Matthew Wright, Jack Watts. So look, for me, it's all about round one. What about you, Sean? Yeah, well, um, I think, you know, this year we're pretty lucky with what's, what depends on round one teams, obviously, but we're lucky with the midfield rookies that we have. And I, I reckon we need to take advantage of that and, you know, take the cheaper ones to, to allow us to spend elsewhere. As we mentioned earlier, the, the backline rookies not looking as good as we, we once thought they were going to be. So, you know, that extra cash buy will allow us to get a, to get a suckling or a, or a swallow where we might have to, you know, stick, stick a, a Jeremy Lather in there who's not going to really score that well. You make a good point about us having a lot of midfield rookies this year. There's probably eight or nine guys who are looking pretty good and it's all about their price. Mong, who have you currently got in your, for, uh, in your midfield? Sorry. Thinking about this point, I've just taken Dom Tyson out at 250k and put in Luke Dunstan at 130k. That's a saving of 120,000, which I think is you know quite quite a lot of money. It's very handy. Yeah. It's very handy cash, and it's allowed me to bring a guy um, into my team, Jack Darling, who I'm very keen on this year. I'm not an Eagles fan like the two guys sitting next to me, but the amount I hear them talking about him and watching a little bit of him in the preseason has really got me keen on the big fella running through the engine room and laying, you know, six to eight tackles a game. Should Um, be um, pretty handy. He's a man-child. I saw him kill a guy the other day in the (laughs) preseason derby. So Dom Tyson, despite his massive preseason, you're willing to overlook him at 250k for... The better stuff elsewhere. I think so. I mean, I think we get a bit in awe of these preseason scores at times. I mean, when yeah. it gets to the real season, I might be wrong, but when it gets to the real season, I just can't see as good as he is, Don Tyson averaging that much more than some of these other rookie price players, yeah. particularly like an Asher or a Pollock, who are still maybe not Dunstan price, but. I mean, they're 70k cheaper, and I think they're going to average just as well as Tyson, really. Let's not forget he plays for Melbourne anyway, and there's only so much that poor Roos can do. Four, 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 four. Our fourth point is to beware of the pre-season trolls. Now, these are the guys over the NAB Challenge who obviously trigger us with great scores and then just dish up steaming turds in the actual season. I've had a few of them in my time, namely Yaron, who I've affectionately named the Yaron Dilemma afterwards. He was a 5 out of 5 Yarons that season. He, he had a different role. He went to the back line and I got on board as a forward and um, I got burned. I had to trade him out pretty much straight away because he was giving me nothing. Sean, who's your first guy that you've got on the, on the troll list? Well, one guy who haunted many a fantasy coach last year was Matthew Wright from Adelaide. Oh, God. Shout out to Calvin, who, uh, who, who everyone had to put up with weekly rants from <laughs> due to his misperformance. But anyway, yeah, basically he's um, dual position this year. He's a mid-forward. 370k. He got people looking at him 
as he was one of the highest scoring in the NAB Challenge, tick over 130 points per 100 minutes. Yeah, this got people looking, although the other day in his practice match, he didn't quite do so do quite so well, getting around about 40 from a fair chunk of game time. Shout out to Fantasy Freako for that for those little, little tweets. Yeah, I think with that stat, a lot of people aren't going to realise that like those who don't actually follow Fantasy Freako might not actually realise, because it was not televised, they might not actually know about that game and, and how he was a little bit below par. And, and I'm talking to a lot of Adelaide people, they think there's a few concerns over whether he will actually get the midfield time that he's been getting all pre-season. That was his issue last year. And even then, whether he's going to be the tagger. Him and Carriage are probably you know one and two in, in that term, in terms of role, and he might play a forward line tag such as a Deboer at Fremantle. So, look, for me, I think he's a four out, four out of five Yarens. What do you guys reckon? Oh, I don't think you can say he's that bad. I'd say maybe three. He's done it before, though. He did it last year. He... Yeah. I'm definitely saying no to him. I'm, um, I'm not, yeah, I'm not tempted, but I think four out of five is a little bit unfair on the, on fair the, enough. the little fella. But... If I had to Yaren him, I'd probably go three, three Yarens out of five. I still believe there's hope for... Yeah. Still believe there's hope. All right, Mong, who's your pre-season troll so far? Well, we have to look at Liam Shields, don't we? He has been an absolute jet again this preseason, as basically re- reverting back to his average of 2011, where he averaged 106 points per game, and everyone was getting a bit excited about him towards the end of the 2011 season. And then the last couple of years, he has gone on to become a tagger, and his average has decreased by 20 points in the lo- in each of the last two seasons, and he's now priced at a tasty 400k or some somewhere around that. And after averaging 144 DT points per minute in the preseason, um, a few people have been getting a bit excited about picking him as a possible breakout premium underpriced sort of sort of guy. Um, I have to say myself, I haven't really been that that tempted by him. If you look at his scores from last season, even when he wasn't tagging, I mean, he knocked out a couple of hundreds, but he still had seven scores under 60, and I mean, you really don't want those type of scores coming from a guy in your midfield, so. For me, I'd say um, it's possible that he could be better. I'd rate him about the same as Wright, probably three out of five Yarrens. What about you, T. Better? I think it all comes down to whether uh, Will Langford plays in, in round one. He's been playing the, the tagging or defensive role. When Langford's been doing that, Shields has been running free. And just a quick edit on what you said. You said 400K. He's actually 347K. So that's really cheap. That's the same price as Josh Caddy, um, based on his 63-point average last year. Sorry about that. <laughs> but, like... That's great. Like he is so cheap. Are we, Maybe I will have to reconsider. Oh, he can. Like especially so it's Daisy Thomas type price. You put really. something. Yeah, you put him next to Daisy Thomas. You think, well, he's he's fit and he's pumping out points. as preseason. He's played every game. You know, he, and even in you mentioned there, he had the 144 DT per 100 minutes. He even played in the practice game the other day and still got 106 as well. So he's had three great games, all playing the same role. Oh, look, I think he has a potential to be a two or three. What's, what's his What's his buy round? His buy round's round nine, so okay. a lot better compared to the round eight premiums we got in there. Sean, how many errands for Shield? Two, just because I've seen I've seen him do it before. I know he can he can do it given the right role. He averaged a, a fair chunk a few years ago. I think one of the boys had it. Was it Roy that had him? Yeah. So yeah, I think I think there's a good chance you know he can come through the goods. Might have to um, reconsider and swap out Daisy just because I really don't like him, but he's in my team at the moment. And look, another guy that you need to reconsider. Sean Higgins. Oh, we definitely is... do not need to reconsider Sean Higgins. Look, he's made of tissue right. paper and he's got a heart of pillows, but look, 
He has been putting up some big numbers this preseason. The first game that he played was NAB 2. Only played half a game, but was pumping out over 100 DT points per 100 minutes there. So looking pretty good. First full game was a practice match he had against the other day, and he had 33 touches playing off the halfback flank. He's only 273k. Can we consider him on? Well, I think any guy that has medical bills higher than his price in a dream team, we cannot really consider. So he is on the temptation scale of 0 to 10. He is a minus 10 for me. If... um. Surgeries were worth dream team points, you know he'd be a lock. But yeah, at the moment, um, he's in he's in my team. I'm looking to go in into the you, season season uh, with him, Ma- mainly just because of the you know the lack of pretty decent forward rookies and premiums you know, for that matter. I'm embarrassed and ashamed to say that he is <laughs> you currently should be, you should be he is currently in my team as well. But just looking over his some of his games played, obviously last year he only played the three, but in the four years preceding that, 19, 18, 16, and 17. Hasn't put together a whole season, but they're not horrible figures either. So if you're, you're chucking him there instead of a, of a forward rookie, I mean, it's not it's not terrible at 270k, but I do feel very, very dirty doing it. And he is five out of five, Yarns. <laughs> I'm calling him <laughs> now. He, Six out of five, Yarns. He's going to make or break a lot of seasons, um, is Higgins, and he's probably going to be a definite trade. So look, I'll have to reconsider that, but... At the moment, that's Tasty Price. Tasty Price. We may have hand. to change the name of the, the you know the Yaren scale to the Higgins scale after this season. The Higgins dilemma. <laughs> All right. Five, 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 five. All right. Our fifth point is going to be a little bit of a change of pace. We're going to start looking at AFL fantasy here, and we've got the round one free hit this year. So got, for the guys who aren't clued in, pretty much you can put whatever team you want together under the salary cap, and they'll play as normally in round one but you can change out your whole team in round two. So you trade out whoever you want, can have completely different players, it's up to you. So it's got a bit of a match day feel about it. And uh, it's going to be a full rolling lockout up until the second Friday. So look, we know who's in and who's out for a lot of these games. So it's all about getting the best possible team in round one. Mom, what's your first rule for the round one free hit? Well, the obvious one that everyone's been talking about is going as cheap as possible on your bench. It doesn't matter for the rest of the season. We're not looking for cash cows to increase in price. None of the stock market stuff, it doesn't matter. Just get the cheapest guys. What we were talking about before was um, the fact that you can even get the cheapest guys in both first positions on your bench, not just the second position. Because of the fact that it is a rolling lockout, you won't need an emergency. The only game that we won't know the final teams for when the lockout finishes at the end of the second week is that final Sunday game of um, West Coast versus Western Bulldogs. So the fact that we'll know which guys are playing in every game apart from that one means that um, we shouldn't need the emergencies um, as long as barring some sort of disaster on the field. Yeah. yeah, so with all that extra money that you get from you know, not having playing rookies in your bench, you can upgrade a couple of players to you know, better mid-prices and stuff. Exactly. Sean, what's your, uh, what's your rule for the round one free here? Well, basically what you want to do in, in the first round is limit the amount of rookies on your field. Being the first game, it's pretty unpredictable. You know, they're, they're very, the rookies are generally very susceptible to a best, so you don't want to be relying on them you know, to be scoring your points. One thing about the, the round one free hit is the, the mid-prices are a lot less risk, but still high reward. Um, you're not tied to them, so you know, if they troll you, you can get rid of them straight away. For example, in, in my round one team, instead of having four premiums and you know like a mid-price and a rookie smart thing to do would be maybe get rid of one of your premiums downgrade to a mid-price or like a caddy and you can upgrade your rookie to like a higgins what this basically does is reduces the risk of having it having a rookie on your field copying a vest and getting a 30 point score like we all know they're capable of yeah so is higgins by the way well yeah 
Okay, look, the biggest thing that I've been focusing on with my team is, is trying to make it as consistent as possible. So I want to have the foundation of, of a lot of great players and then top it up with, you know, value picks and mid-prices and fixture and guys. So for me, a general rule is to take two premiums from each line, obviously the, the three main lines that I would have in my round two team if I was to start. So for instance, in my team, I've got uh, Jared McVeigh and Sam Mitchell still there. I've got Beams and Rockliffe who are in my real dream team site. And I've also got Dustin Martin and Tom Mitchell, who I I think will be top seven forwards. So that's why I've got them. What this does, it just reduces the variance between your scores. So instead of of picking a lot of boom or bust type players, obviously, if luck doesn't go your way, it could all end up being bust and and, you're stuck with a a bad round one score. What this does, it just keeps you consistent, make sure your money's spent in the right places. And if you have a bad week, you're still in the running for the rest of the season. So... Look, that's probably what I'm looking at in terms of my round one team. Have you guys got any other thoughts? Oh, just a couple of fun sort of points I thought I'd point out. Um, with the picking the cheaper players on your bench, get around the boys at your club. I mean, if you're a West Coast Eagles fan, get get around young Rowan Powell. He's probably not going to. He's our boy. He's our, he's our boy. Get around Rowan, and um, he'll have a look. He'll log into Dream Team, and he'll see that he's selected in twenty percent of teams or something. And you know that's going to spur him on to be a better player, and he might be the next. Rookie list upgraded Michael Barlow. One thing I've tried to do with my bench guys is pair teammates together. So, for example, I've got I've got Curry and Wallace from North Melbourne on on my ruck bench, and you know on my mids I've I've got Wanganin and Woodward. You know, keeping the, keepin the, keepin the team chemistry. They know each other. You know, fitting into the team. They've got a little friend who's in the same position. You just want to make sure they all have faces as well. You don't want wants to pick the dark knight in each line. I've got it looks looks a lot better on your screen when you've got. All the colours, all the jerseys there, and not just yeah. I think the lack, mystery. Maybe. I think the lack of a face is cursed from last year. K Mitchell didn't quite, you know, <laughs> give us the output that we all expected in the. He's pre-season. ruined it for the silhouette. <laughs> it's right. cursed. All right, let's wrap it up there, boys. I think we'll just finish as usual with the big call of the week. Mom, what do you got? So my big call of the week is that. Melbourne will absolutely run amok on St Kilda in round one and have the most hundreds of any team. Mom, um, it's that's a, your it's team. pretty crazy. I do love the Saints. I'm a massive Saints fan, and that means I know how shit we are going to be this year. <laughs> Especially without Montagna, Hayes, and Stephen in the midfield, we're literally going to have no one in there. Guys like Michi, Daniel Cross, Bernie Vince are just going to tear it up. If you look at the preseason stats for Melbourne, their first two NAB Cup games, they've got over 440 touches in both games. Last year, they averaged 319 per game. That's a 40% increase, which wow. loosely translates to an extra 15 DT points per player. So, I mean, it's a big call, but I really think Melbourne are going to be one of the teams to watch in round one for Dream Team scores and get, get a few guys in there for your, for your free hit. I've got Jack Watts and Dom Tyson at the moment. That might change, but yeah, I think they're going to have a lot of high scores in the first round. Awesome. All right. Sean? Well, this might not seem like a big call because it's, it's, it's happened probably about 20,000 times in the last decade. <laughs> I don't know if that's possible, but my big call is for Dean Cox to again average the most of any Ruckman. For the whole yeah. year? Yeah. yeah, for the whole year. Um, I actually haven't seen a team with him in there, and I think that's just purely because there's just too many better options at a cheaper price. For example, in my team, I've got McAvoy, who's you know a healthy 120k cheaper. So it just makes sense to go to a, for a guy like that. But um, I think Big Coxie's going to surprise everyone, especially if Sandilands can't put in a good year, a full year, sorry. And yeah, I reckon he leverages it the most out of any Ruckman. So you're not worried about Nick Nat? 
No, you think, you think no, he's going to be out most of the season. What's with the groins? What? I feel like they um, you know, paired up pretty well when they were both fully fit and firing in 2012, back in that West Coast heyday. <laughs> All right, I'm bookmarking this podcast so I can come back and call you an idiot a little bit later <laughs> on. Look, my big call of the week is something that's uh, it's, it's AFL fantasy related, and we know that this year they're going to try and bring in in-season positional updates, and we've had this with Ultimate Footy in years past. Nicky Del Santo, I reckon, could get back eligibility at some point during the season. So if you haven't done your drafts yet, get on him, put him a bit further up the list, because I do think that he will end up going back for, um, for North Melbourne and doing what Sam Mitchell and, and Jared McVeigh and those sort of guys did last year for their respective clubs. So, look, that's my big call of the week. Nicky Dalsano to become a backman and probably save a lot of uh, dream teams. All right, guys, thanks very much for having us. Mong, thanks for joining us in your very first podcast. We've been nervous beforehand. Sean, it's always it's always great to see you. Smashing you on table tennis beforehand was awesome. So uh, best of luck to you guys both for the rest of the season and um, cheers, guys, for listening. Sorry for the wait. See ya.